0: To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast.
1: And now, here are Laura and Rhonda.
0: Hello there. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Laura Forehand, and I am a Whole Brain Teaching executive board member, and I teach second grade in Northwest Missouri. As always, I am joined with my treasured friend and amazing podcast co-host, Rhonda. Introduce yourself to
1: us, Rhonda. Hello, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I am also an executive board member of Whole Brain Teaching, um, I have to change it up. I'm no longer a second grade teacher in Goddard. I'm a retired second grade teacher in Goddard. And we are so excited to have Coach Chris Bickle, the founder of Whole Brain Teaching, back on the podcast with us. Coach, we are so thankful that you are back with us, and we can't wait to hear all that you want to share with us today. And I think you have some exciting news that, um, to tell us, to share with us. Uh, that's coming up in June, July, maybe.
2: Ladies, can you tell me anything that's more exciting than free? I mean, just, is there anything more exciting to a teacher than free? What do you say?
1: Uh, Not for a teacher, that's for sure. That's Uh, exactly what I was going to say, not for a teacher.
2: (laughs) uh, We're going to have a bunch of free online seminars. uh, Starting June 6th, if people go to our website, wholebrainteaching.com, They will find a list of one-hour seminars starting June 6th, offered by whole-brain teaching pros. These are the best whole-brain teachers in the world, and they will be doing one-hour deep dives into individual parts of whole-brain teaching, like the rules, like motivation, like social-emotional skills. But just talking about one thing for an hour and of course uh... we want viewers to post questions and these will be on first-come 1st first serve basis ladies because they will fill up in a flash we will post on our facebook pages when the sign-up links are on the website and then just go for it Um but you have to be there when the when the seminar starts. Yeah. yeah those are the one-hour seminars. Uh, Laura, how are you feeling about those?
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it. Rhonda and I were just talking about that yesterday. Um, I know like next week is, or the very first week that we're doing it is going to be kind of super busy for um, me. But we were talking about what can we sign up to do? Because we, we absolutely love doing those one-hour Sessions, You get to know so many amazing whole brain teachers around the world and we just have so much fun doing it and you learn so much. I mean, if you are, you know, where you you're thinking about doing whole brain teaching or you've tried this, but you want to try adding something else. This is the perfect opportunity to do that is to come to these one hour conferences and learn more about it.
2: The nice thing about the conferences is they're also Labeled beginner intermediate or advanced, mm-hmm. so you can pick. And if you're a beginner, you can come to advanced. There's no whole brain teaching police. Mm-hmm. But I and others on the staff, including you two ladies, have been working hard on the toughest teaching problem, which is teaching extremely beloved rascals, which we'll yeah. talk about today. Yeah. I will be offering a series of one hour seminars just on aspects of teaching extremely beloved rascals. And here's a flash for our listeners on the podcast, not revealed before, June 6th, I will offer a Extremely Beloved Rascals focus on social skills. Pretty important for every kid, but developing social skills for our Extremely Beloved Rascals, which we abbreviate Ebers E-B-R-S, for Ebers. Is going to be a lot of fun, and I'll offer six or seven of those, each one on a different topic. That's fantastic. Um, we also have uh, the Summer National Conference, and that will be from July 25th, 26th, and 27th. And that's going to be huge because those will be led by grade level specialists, and you ladies will definitely be involved. Mm-hmm. So if you're a kindergarten, garden teacher you can hear sarah Dillinghast or andrea schindler our kindergarten professionals talk about kindergarten for two hours a day three days this is a deep dive not into subjects but into grade level ladies how did those go last year
1: talk about that rhonda they they were fabulous i mean as a whole brain teaching teacher, I and Laura can attest to this as well. We love sharing the passion, we feel like it really works in the classroom, and this is a way that we can get out there. Now, I will say I miss the in person conferences, but this is the next best thing, yeah. and it's a great way to share it out to all the teachers. And we just love helping teachers learn more about it.
2: Mm-hmm. And the key thing on those again, the signups will be on the website on the homepage. Uh, we will put out notes on all our social media channels, when those are available for sign-ups. Uh, but we don't have any money, so the n- number of people in the Zoom is going to be limited, I think, to about 45, so please uh, get in there, have a lot of fun, and uh, we've got some world-changing Things that are going on in whole brain teaching, new world whole brain teaching that we'll be introducing this summer in, in all these seminars.
0: Yeah, so we kind of wanted to talk to you about that because we know um, coming to the staff meetings each and every week that you are working tirelessly on the new whole brain, new world whole brain teaching, excuse me. And today you talked about wanting to speak on extremely beloved rascals. So first of all, before we even start into our conversation, can you kind of tell us what you mean when you say extremely beloved rascal?
2: Well, a beloved <clears throat> rascal is a kid who we would call a resistant learner. Mm-hmm. And we think there's at least two kinds, and it's probably a spectrum. Uh, one kind of resistant learner is, is we call a disruptor. They're doing and saying things in class, making odd statements, noises, distractions. And it's a a momentary, but it's frequent enough that we need to address that. The other kind of beloved rascal we call a secretor because they don't say anything. They're locked in their shell. They won't make eye contact. They won't return a smile for a smile. And in our view, a secretor is a tougher problem than a disruptor because they never get any attention. They're not, quote, unquote, bad kids. Mm-hmm. And so they fly under the radar year after year after year. So, Laura, the finger points at you. Give me the name of a kid you've had recently who is a disruptor not an extremely beloved rascal just a nice garden variety disruptor and then the name of a child who was a secretor go laura
0: okay so my disruptor was and i'll give you a fictitious name so we'll call him michael um he was my disruptor and then my secretor was actually a little girl in my class and we'll just call her Susie. yeah
2: and what were their behaviors?
0: So my disruptor constant like whistling or shouting out um during a lesson, you know, not raising their hand for permission to speak or talking to a neighbor when they, you know, were supposed to be listening to whoever was up there teaching. And then my my secretor just like you said, they were very quiet and kind of flew under the radar, but there were some very subtle behavior issues in there too. Um, Like not working well with a partner. Um, So not really showing like those leadership skills. They had those leadership skills, but that part of them that just wanted to kind of go back into their shell, as you explained it, um, that was what they, they were doing. And so they wouldn't cooperate as much with their partner. They would kind of just get really quiet and not share.
2: Let's just talk quickly about two strategies. We'll talk much more about this summer. Mm -hmm. For disruptors, the common disruption is speaking out of turn, not following rule two, raise your hand for permission to speak. That's the number one classroom management problem we believe in the world. What we say is you need to teach the kids the rules, putting special emphasis on rule two, raise your hand for permission to speak. The special emphasis might mean rehearsing that rule more than any others. Once everybody knows that rule, if you say two, your kids will say, raise your hand for permission to speak. Mm -hmm. So instead of scolding the disruptor or redirecting the disruptor, You say to, and that reinforces the class unity. So it's not you on one side of the fence and the class on the other. The class is happy to have your back and it creates class unity. That's a simple way to address the problem of disruption. And we'll talk about more more extended ways uh, this summer. Now, if you have a secretor, Mm Calling out rule two is not gonna do anything because they're not saying anything. A secretor, I've said, is a much tougher problem. Secretors will be reluctant to make eye contact, so you've gotta make intentional eye contact many times a day. Secretors will be reluctant to return a smile for a smile, so you've gotta smile at them many times a day. Secretors will not respond to praise. You say something positive to them and they will ignore you. A secretor will not answer a leading question in more than one word. So we say what you have to do with a secretor is diligently, intentionally keep a record of giving eye contact, give yourself a tally mark, keep a record of smiling, keep a record of praising, keep a record of asking leading questions. And if you just do this on the flyer, if you shoot from the hip, you're not gonna develop the kind of relationship you need to help that child out. Rhonda, what's been your experience with secretors?
1: Well, secretors to me are ones that they want to fly under the radar a little bit. They don't want to do any more than they have to. And I remember some of my secretors, like even a rule review, would maybe do the gestures but not say the words, won't participate in the rule call outs as well if it's not them. And so it it makes it kind of hard to, um, to get them on board with everything that you're doing and to get them more involved in it. So I like the strategies that you have in place about keeping those tallies. Yes,
2: the other thing with a with a secretor, and I have all of this, my friends, is I have nothing but intuition and experience with brilliant teachers like the two of you for the last umpteen years. Mm-hmm. My intuition is that every secretor has a secret passion. Mm-hmm. It could be army men, or it could be my cute pony or it could be their cat but there's something they're crazy about and this something they live with i believe for hours inside their head Mm. if you could find that we call it the secret sauce if you can find the secret sauce and for boys let's face it it's going to be a video game odds are I was gonna say. If you can find the secret sauce, then you're much more likely to draw that child out with leading questions about how do you play Minecraft? I hear everybody talking about Minecraft. I really, sounds fascinating. Could you help me out with that? Find the secret sauce, start talking to them, and you're going to be doing them a service that they desperately need. They will be joining a community outside their family and they may not have a community inside the family. Laura, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I really like that idea. Um I know I had talked to you earlier in this school year about that secret sauce idea and I had asked one of my extremely beloved rascals about, you know, their favorite video game and that's exactly what they said and I asked them to explain it was Minecraft. I asked them to explain like, how do you go about playing this game? And, you know, just creating that relationship with them um, just w- went the distance in my classroom. I mean, it really made such a difference in how the rest of our school year went. Coach, can I ask you a clarifying question on sure. those tally marks that you talked about yeah. with your secreter? So, when you're keeping those, keeping record of smiles, eye contact, raising all those things, keeping those tally marks. Is that for me to keep for myself as a teacher, or am I keeping those tally marks for my student, my secreter?
2: I think you have to use, as you always do, your intuition on this. In general, I think it's for you. Okay. I think making an issue of I'm trying to establish a relationship with you, it could backfire.
1: Okay.
2: But think of it as a grid across the top, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Down the left-hand side is smile, eye contact, praise, leading questions, secret sauce. Okay. And then you could just work on smiles every day of the week, or you could work on smile and eye contact every day of the week. And we say, if you have attempted smiling on Monday in a diligent way, give yourself a one. If you attempted smiling on Monday in a diligent way, and you got some response, give yourself a two. So then what you're doing is you're changing the the deeply troubling, but deeply necessary aspect of your teaching was the most important thing is to help the kids that need the most help. You're changing it into a solitary into a a solitary game. This is my score for this week. What do I need to do to match or beat that score for next week? Laura, tell me about the grid and turning dealing with beloved rascals into a solitary game.
0: Yeah, so I, I like that idea of keeping that grid. And marking like that one if, you're, if you've done like the smile or the praise or the eye contact and give yourself a two if you've gotten a response back. And I think that's helpful because um, it kind of lets you know what you want to maybe focus on. So if I know my secret or really struggles in all those areas, but I'm finally getting a little bit of a smile response from them, then maybe I want to keep that going for a little bit longer before I do something like add eye contact in there. Um, cause I think it goes back really coach to what you said about, um, you know, just society, perhaps even home life, you know, if they, if they're, if they don't have that where they are making eye contact with adults in their life, or perhaps they're autistic or something like that, then that may be kind of tricky. So I like the idea of keeping track of what you're doing, what's working, and then maybe adding things in, um, as you see something is working.
1: That raises a question I have. Should a teacher just focus in on one of those at a time, or should you do all of them at once and keep track of that on that grid? Again,
2: it's intuition, because we say if you've met one beloved rascal, you've met one beloved rascal. Right. Right. They are unique yep. beyond uniqueness. Um, and yeah. if you take an experimental attitude, then you're going to have a lot more job satisfaction If you perform the experiment of smiling or whatever you say the experiment is, if you perform that experiment, you go home at the end of the day with 100% job satisfaction. We are scientists in learning labs, trying to heal one of the toughest human problems, which is educating and reaching our kids, especially those who are resisting our efforts. So you perform an experiment, And if you did the experiment, not every experiment works, but it was a good day's work, 100% job satisfaction. Do not take home your disappointment that the experiment didn't work because you'll stop experimenting then and you'll have to go see the therapist on one hand and the doctor about your blood pressure on the other. Perform the experiment, 100% job satisfaction, come back tomorrow and do another experiment. What do you think, uh, my dear Rhonda?
1: Well, I was just reflecting on these last two years and the students and the behaviors and stuff that we're getting into, blame it on COVID, whatever that you want. And I mean, you have to keep switching it up. You have to keep kind of fine tuning it each day or it gets you down where you feel like you're failing all the time. So I think this is really important because I don't think we're over the hump of those kids missing some school or virtual learning. And I think this will help teachers out a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Keep this image in your mind. A great ship has sunk. I'm feeling pretty negative. Let's call it world society. Mm -hmm. We can see the problem every day on the news, and it's multiple. Mm -hmm. We have kids in lifeboats, and we need to teach them how to row, and not just how to row, but how to row together, because this is going to be their world. And that's what we're about in Whole Brain Teaching. We have the joy of being called to help the kids who need the most help. So Laura, if you go to medical school, you are not excited if you go to a hospital and say, you know what? We're gonna put you in the runny nose department. That's what you're gonna do with all of your education is you're gonna help kids learn how to wipe their noses. No, that's not what you want. You want to take all of your experience and your energy and your passion to change lives. That's the joy of medicine. That's the joy of teaching. Yeah, absolutely. So now, my friends, let us talk about what we all have been talking about in private, extremely beloved rascals. Here's my definition. Okay. Extremely beloved rascals, not... Too hard to identify. They cry, they roll on the floor, they throw desks, they trash the classroom. They engage in behavior that keeps other kids from learning. And their behavior will often endanger the safety of people around them. That's an extremely beloved rascal, And we've got more and more and more of those kids. We can cry about it. We can complain about it. But that's why we get married we get married so we have someone to complain to laura could you briefly testify to the importance of having a spouse that you can complain to about extremely beloved rascals, ebers go laura
0: my poor husband oh yeah he he hears it
2: he hears it i
0: can definitely testify to that
2: all right rhonda here's the deal uh we've made it as simple as possible But the logic is this. Just as you need a drill, Rhonda, for earthquakes or fires or these maniac people who are coming to our school with assault rifles, just as you need a drill for that, even more so, you need a drill for disruptive behavior that can happen several times a day. You may never have an earthquake, you may never have a fire, but you're gonna have extremely beloved rascals, Ebers, crying on the floor, Mm -hmm. odds are. So here's the mistake I made, ladies, and you know I never like to admit the mistakes, and I'm only doing it just to the two of you, don't tell anyone else. We promise. Promise. (laughs) This mistake I made for years was trying to figure out what to say to a beloved rascal when they're rolling on the floor. Right. How can I get them to stop crying and screaming? There's no way. Rhonda, when you're upset, so upset, let's say you have to do the taxes and they're a mess and your husband, you know, is bugging you about getting ready for church or whatever, and you're so upset, there's nothing that man can say to you to make you feel better. Once the emotions kick in, is a matter of time, and not external words, it'll calm you down. So that was a mistake I made. Now, recently, talking to the two of you and others, I saw that Let us say we had a drill that the whole class would be involved in when a kid is crying and screaming on the floor. We could control the class, so let's control the class with a fun drill, and that's gonna give us some time to help the kid. Here's the drill. Number one, teach all the kids the classroom rules, and this'll take two weeks until they know it automatically. You know they know it automatically when you can call out two and everyone says raise your hand for permission to speak or you call out five and everyone says make our dear team stronger. Whatever it takes, that's the first step. Then you're gonna introduce a new rule which we call strong five. When you call out strong five, point at a child who will role play being upset. And kids love to do that. They go wah wah, 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 Or throw their hands around or whatever. The kid role plays being upset. The rest of the class does a special strong five rule drill. They do a rule one, rule five, rule two, rule five, rule three, rule five, saying the rules and making the gestures So now they're engaged in an important activity. And right before they start that, they make the hand sign of a heart at the child who's role playing being unhappy. And they can say things. Like in baseball, if you strike out, your team doesn't boo you. They say, you got it. You can do it. We're with you. Mm -hmm. So it's the hand signal of a heart. They go into their special rule five drill, and then you go over and role play talking to the kid. Now, the beauty of this, Laura, is the disruption is no longer a disruption. Mm-hmm. Class continued. The disruption has been contained to the disruptor. Right. So it's no longer breaking up the pattern. Of teaching, it's showing what we do in a loving way when someone is really upset. Mm-hmm. Or a good luck, repeat the drill. And I'll tell you, you're still cool. Instant you make a mistake, you know I will. I know oh, you well.
0: will. Okay, so I I really, really like this idea. Like right now I'm teaching summer school and I can already see me doing this because I'm noticing that I have a disruptor already in my summer school class that's coming to second grade next year. So we're going to teach the rules in our classroom for about two weeks or however long it takes in order for kids to automatically know those rules. So when I say rule two, they know to say, raise your hand for permission to speak or rule four, make smart choices. So however long that takes, then we're going to do a strong five. Um, and we're going to do that as a drill. So if so, so if I say strong five, drill, then I'm going to point to a child and have them just role play being upset. And the rest of the class um, that is not upset is going to make the heart sign with their hands to that student as a sign of we're with you. We know you can, you know, come back to us in control. And that just gives me a chance to go over and role play how I would talk to that uh, distressed disruptor. So if that's that's how I'm understanding you with the straw strong- left
2: out a little piece, okay. Rhonda. Tell your sister you're still cool. <laughs> you're still cool. Thank you. The Welcome. little piece is when the kids make the heart sign, they then start rehearsing the rules. Right. Rule one, follow directions quicker. Rule okay. five, make your dear team stronger. That gives them something to do. And right. that creates white noise, so to speak. Okay so that you then have an opportunity to talk to the kid.
1: Okay. So do you have a student leader do those rules? or is Why not? Class? Whatever
2: you want, use your intuition, change mm-hmm. it up. You could have one, two, or three student leaders. You could have the whole class move over to this or that place in the classroom. Whatever it is, practice. So here's the key thing, ladies. If you have a disruptor, who's an extremely beloved rascal, You're practicing this drill five times a day. It's better for you to practice than to have your class fall apart. And it is emotionally disturbing to be in a class when someone else is going cuckoo. Mm -hmm. It's not good for our kids. It's not good for that child. It's not good for us. It's, and this is just between us, we call it a, a kid NATO. A kid is having a tornado. And it is emotionally distressing. Well, I have a question, Coach. Why sure. did you
1: decide on when the class is doing this rule review? Why yeah. did you plug in rule five after every rule? Mm-hmm. Can you explain to our listeners about that?
2: That's great. Rule five is really the rule of all rules. It's the highest number rule. Make our dear team stronger. Everything kids do in class can be put under that one rule. Following directions quickly makes our team stronger, following directions slowly makes our team weaker, etc. So, we want to stress that in strong five, we need to make our team stronger by really emphasizing rule five. And here's the thing we tell our kids to be responsible, to be nice, to be kind, etc. Those words don't mean much to our children, but kids know about team sports and they know the kinds of actions that make teams weaker and the kinds of actions that make teams stronger. So we're using kids speak. That's a language they understand. Instead of telling everyone be responsible, we tell them, please make choices that make your team stronger. Mm -hmm. Hawk choices, not wrong way turtle choices. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Laura?
0: I I love it. Like I said, I I'm totally on board with starting this in the fall because I think it's going to, like I even saw this today when my disruptor was kind of having a meltdown. Um, a few students stopped what they were doing to turn and look at them. So they were yeah. off task then. So yeah. yeah, this this sounds like an absolute strategy that needs to be in classrooms for sure.
2: And I'm going to say to my teacher friends our motto for this next year comes from E.M. Forrester. Our motto is only connect. That is our mission, our goal, and our challenge. We have got to make connections. Mm-hmm. And we have kids who are just disconnected. That's a polite way of saying they're alienated from others. They're alienated often in their families. And they're alienated most seriously from their own human potential to grow and improve and become someone who's making connections as opposed to breaking connections. And that's what happens with an Eber. They're breaking connections. Mm. I'm on my own. I don't care about anybody else. I'm not a member of the class. And I'm severing the bands that make this team stronger. And we can't listen. We can't complain. We can't be negative. We have our example of first responders. A first responder doesn't go into a house and say, oh my gosh, can't you be more responsible and keep track of your blood pressure? You didn't take your meds. I don't know what to do with you. First responders keep their cool. They control their emotions. And they do the noblest thing humans can do, which is help other people in need. And that's our calling. That's our glory. That's our gift. That's our challenge. That's our joy the beautiful thing about whole brain teaching is we're never discouraged. <laughs> oh, we never talk negatively. Right. Uh, but we do support each other uh, to, the, to the ends of the earth. And that is the joy of being part of this community.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like we're all on board to do what's best for kids.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think that's what's so powerful. Well, Coach, we are so thankful that you could join us on this podcast today. It's always a blessing to have you. You've got words of wisdom always. Can you tell us anything else um, about the amazing summer that you have planned for this whole brain teaching, this new world whole brain teaching?
2: Um, Just to emphasize that you need to stay alert on the Facebook pages and Instagram. Um, It looks like my June 6th, Extremely Beloved Rascal Seminar. It looks like the dates may go up tomorrow, Thursday, uh, June 2nd, and those dates will be on the website, but sign up. And we'd love to have more people join us in our weekly meetings, but we'll talk more about that sometime. We have a research and development crew about 30, Teachers, the finest in the world, who get together every week and talk about how to be more effective instructors.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Well, as always, we are thankful to all of you as well as Coach B for being part of this podcast. Thank you all that are listening for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. Um, if, like Coach said, if you haven't already, please join those Facebook pages and join our Instagram page you will not be sorry. And that's where you're going to find the latest and the greatest, especially about these one hour conferences and our national conference that's happening in July. Um, So definitely check those out, like, subscribe um, to our podcast. We'll keep you as informed as we possibly can. Thank you again, coach, for this wonderful discussion. You always um, rejuvenate me. (laughs) Just, Absolutely. yeah, just how ha- I mean, I know that this is the beginning of my summer, but having you on the podcast really does um, renew a sense of excitement in teaching because it's very, very easy for teachers to get burned out in the world of education today. So, thank you so much for what you're doing and for giving us your time to be on this podcast today.
2: Ladies, God brought us together to bless each other. And so, Everything you said comes back and goes back to you and Rhonda. You're two of my dearest sisters, and we have nothing but
1: joyful
2: success helping the kids who need it the most ahead of us. What a life. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. you.